Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. But you can watch us also. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we get to learn about a great partnership. It's between Reach Out and Read. They have teamed up with Mississippi Children's Museum as well as the University of Mississippi Medical Center and helping families understand the importance of reading and reading early. Joining us is Marty Martinez. He's the CEO of Reach Out and Read. He joins us by phone, but we've also got two Susans in the building with us. We both got the president and CEO of Mississippi Children's Museum as well as uh, with the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So welcome, everybody. Marty, I know you're there with this. I'm going to let you get kicked off since you're with Reach Out and Read. Give us a little background about this great organization and how you found your way here in Mississippi. Sure. Well, thanks so much, Rebecca, for having us. And I wish I could be with the with the, with all the Susans in in, in in the space. But I'm excited to join you here. And um, you know, we're really excited for the partnership with the Mississippi Children's Museum and the University of Mississippi Medical Center to expand and continue to strengthen the amazing work that's been happening um, with Reach Out and Read um, locally. Um, you know, Reach Out and Read is a simple model that uh, folks probably know well, which integrates early literacy and in books into pediatric well-child visits for all kids under five. Um, and we have about 30, 30 clinics across the state of Mississippi, um, but we're really excited to partner with the Children's Museum um, and the uh, uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center to expand that reach and see every, uh, every child in Mississippi experience our model. Um, and so that's what we're here to do and excited for the partnership to do it. So we all know that reading is important, and I think we have heard that the sooner the better. But then again, when you can expand that into all different kind of touch points, then it just sort of helps reinforce at least that statement. You're shaking your head, Dr. Susan, which you're like, yes. So from your perspective or from the perspective of the universities, why is this such an important partnership to sort of have or to bring to our state? Oh, it's one of the most important things we could do because brain growth in early childhood is rapidly happening. And in fact, billions of neural connections are happening every day. And so the importance of talking, reading, and singing to a child is very important. And with Reach Out and the Read, what we do is we incorporate a book into Well Child Checks for very young children um, all the way through age five. And so what happens is the pediatrician is the model to the parents 
um, to to show how you can interact and talk to your child at the same time reading or just pointing to pictures if you're not going to read to the child. And so with that, it encourages interaction, it encourages word development, and it encourages the love of reading at the same time. And the curiosity that comes from just wondering what the pictures are in the book. And I can remember, too, you know, just with my with my young girls, letting them sort of tell me with a story that they see. Our pediatrician told us to do that. If, if they don't want you reading, because sometimes they'll interrupt you, just what story, you know, and let them kind of go down their own magi- imagination down the, down the route, too, with the books, which is what kids get to do every day at the Children's Museum, Susan, is go through their own imagination throughout the museum. So this is a great partnership. But great. how does this work? How does this? Because y'all aren't in pediatrician offices, so or no, or are you? I don't yeah. know. Maybe you are. <laughs> well, we are in pediatrician's office. We have a staff member now that, as we have embarked on this wonderful partnership, that has been traveling and visiting clinics uh, all over the state. These thirty clinics that um, are reach out and read uh, folks. We are looking, making sure they have inventory uh, and books in their clinics and. Uh, working with Marty's team, who are amazing at Reach Out and Read and uh, just really assessing what the clinics need. Um, we've been in partnership, though, since the very beginning on some of these um, programs like Reach Out and Read for early literacy and language development. And Dr. Buttress and her wonderful team at University of Mississippi Medical Center and the Center for Advancement of Youth have been sort of um, our advisors in that. And I think uh, the Children's Museum, one thing we do so beautifully is we are wonderful community collaborators and conveners and we aren't pediatricians or experts but we have friends who are so we bring those folks together to influence and uh, to advise and give expertise on our work which has uh, really been a wonderful partnership over the past 13 years we've we have exhibits in um, early language development and literacy our publications which we've done in partnership to reach thousands and thousands of Mississippi families outside of our walls. So this next step in reaching more families, reaching more children, um, was really a natural one, I think, for, for our institutions. Dr. Buttress, your pediatricians that are getting this, are they like, why hadn't I thought about this before? I mean, you know, they show everything else when you're going through the well baby visits and they talk about the importance, but it's like sometimes parents really do need to like watch someone model it to for like the light bulbs to go off. What are your pediatricians saying who are taking part in this? What kind of, I guess, open opportunities is it providing for them with their, with their now patients and families? Oh, they just love it. Actually, we have had reach out and read and and out of clinics for many years. But one of the issues that we've had is needing needing someone to oversight the project on a regular basis so that the books can continue to come into the practice, that the pediatricians continue to be supported. And so that is why this partnership with Mississippi Children's Museum and have, having the support of a true project manager who will come in and help with that that will make such a difference because I will tell you, it's, according to many of our pediatricians, one of the most fun things they do. And and at the same time, they're able to use the book to incorporate it into their 
their well baby exam, watching how the baby interacts, <laughs> making sure the baby's connecting, uh, making eye contact, responding to sound, looking at pictures. All of those are part of the evaluation. And I think Marty said it so well. Marty, you may want to tell your story about how you and and Susan were visiting a clinic and, and one of our doctors sort of pushed you out of the way so he could go <laughs> get Done that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Share that story with us, Marty. Yeah, no, absolutely. When I was down down in Jackson, uh, maybe about a month ago at this point, but being able to visit visit a clinic and and see you know see where the books were and meet with clinicians and we, you know we're sort of joking that as we're we're standing around for this site visit talking, um, one of the one of the residents and, and many of our residents get trained all across the country to implement reach out and read, but. The resident sort of, you know, he didn't really know who we were, and n- neither did he care. He wanted to get his book up for that visit. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, hey, you're doing the important work here. We're just standing by, uh, sort of trying to support. So, again, it's, you know, again, having the such benefit of meeting folks like um, like Dr. Rutgers and other clinicians across the country time and time again. It's their passion and commitment for children that makes Reach Out and Read possible. Um, and I got to see that firsthand in Jackson. And, and there's no question in this partnership with the Children's Museum, we're going to make sure even more children have that same experience. So um, this is really going to make that possible, and we're really excited for it. So that's what I'm saying. For those that are listening to good things, whether we're caregivers, grandparents, or parents alike, and we're coming into our pediatrician's office, or we just like what we hear, is there a way to support? Is there a way to just wait and see or ask your pediatrician if you have this? What, what do you guys want from us? Oh, I think all of the above. To not wait and see, I would I would ask. Uh, we've heard about Reach Out and Read. Do you have it in your office? That would be number one. If you need a way to contribute, I'm going to do a plug for the Mississippi Children's Museum here because they're leading the charge on the fundraising. What a wonderful thing to do around the holidays is to contribute to books for children. I, I know... Children love toys, but children love books, too. Mm -hmm. And books, in the reality of things, are probably the most long-lasting toy, in quotes, that you can give a child because so many times uh, a child will be able to have that book read to them over and over again or they'll be able to handle it or look at the pictures. And so I think books can be probably the best gift. And the easiest. Give, and the easiest. And there's some wonderful books. We buy many of our books from Scholastic Books, and they do a beautiful job of um, designing yeah. books and buying books. So, Susan, if we want to support the Children's Museum, how do we do that? Absolutely. Just go to our website. Thank you, Dr. Buttress, yeah, for that. So um, because it really is, it, it really is a matter, basically, of funding to make sure that all of our clinics, because not all of our clinics, we have clinics in, all over the state, and some of our clinics uh, do need the resources to keep a full inventory of books for all the age groups, um, particularly zero to five, but uh, we need board books for our smallest uh, for our smallest learners and smallest children. And What's that website? Uh, www.mcm.ms Alright, thank you Marty for chiming in. Thank you ladies for your time. That's Reach Out and Read. Stick with us. we got more for you up next. Upbeat. 
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk app. Of course, you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station and the Township Blues Festival. It's hitting Colony Park in Ridgeland on Saturday, November the 11th. They've got Cedric Burnside, Taz, and many others. Tickets are available now at townshipblues.com. And now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Cedric Burnside and others at the Township Blues Festival. Again, that is November. November 11th, be the 15th, 15th person. Any reason on 15th today, Rhino? Just uh, well, it's Godzilla's 69th birthday, so I just took the six and the nine and added them together. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. I love how you do numbers. Okay. So, and happy birthday, Godzilla. <laughs> uh, 15th. Glad you didn't say 69th. That would have been a lot of texting. 15th person to text the word te- Godzilla. To text the word Godzilla to 601-879-4395 to win a pair of tickets to the Township Blues Festival coming up on November the 11th. It will be a good time. Hopefully we'll have some beautiful weather like we're having right now. If I had to pick the perfect kind of setup or day for Mississippi, this would be it. Chilly in the morning, warm but not too hot by mid-afternoon. Clear skies, light breeze, like with this is really like golden kind of weather right now. So I hope you've gotten the chance to get out and enjoy it. And while you guys are texting that in, I will remind you that you can get live up to the minute results from across the state during Super Talk Mississippi's 2023 election special coverage starting at 8 p.m. on Tuesday night. You'll hear the results from Super Talk Mississippi news team, plus analysis and discussion from guests from across the political spectrum. You can hear the election coverage on your local Super Talk Mississippi station, uh, the Super Talk app, and of course, Super Talk TV, wherever uh, or wherever you listen to Super Talk. And I think we have a winner, winner, chicken dinner. I just appreciate all the auto text or the autocorrects for Godzilla. But <laughs> you, if you just look like you tried to spell it, you were in on the in on the game for that. Yeah, so, I didn't count off for, for spelling on that one. So almost seventy years ago for Godzilla, was that the original movie or just he started yeah, out the as the very a, first one? Okay, so I, I didn't know if maybe he was a uh, came from a um, comic book or comic or something of that nature. He was just the brainchild seventy years, sixty nine, seventy years ago. Decide to make let's make a monster movie. You wonder, like back then, what was the? How did they say to themselves, "Let's put a big lizard on the big screen"? Well, not to get too political, but it came out of Japan, and it came out in 1954 in Japan, where they were just now starting to get back on their feet after World War II, and there was still a pretty sizable scar in the public psyche of destruction and devastation wrought on their homeland so mm-hmm. it seems like kind of the the perfect monster for that culture to fear in a movie because they had just experienced destruction and devastation and all of a sudden now here's this giant lizard that 
grew because of nuclear radiation and is attacking Japan. Well, everything has to have a start and a story. And then it got nice and cheesy in the 70s and in, and it became a, a bigger deal around the world. Like most things would say. And then, then you fast forward and we still have this kind of, I won't say if it's so much of a love affair, but it's still in our, I guess, it's in our lexicon for sure, but it's also kind of in that trendy that cult that cult classic cult uh, zeitgeist yes that kind of um kind of thing the original godzilla suit because they didn't have ci or what do you call it cgi cgi or any of that so the original godzilla suit weighed 220 pounds it was worn by an actor whose name i'm not even gonna give it dry but they weren't American. And it was cumbersome, and it was heavy piece of equipment, and they had to endure extreme heat inside the suit while filming, and he brought the character to life with his movements and expressions. So if you – I go, I think you know. There's a really cool That's picture. original. Like that's a person in there. But if you now that you know that, if you go back and see any of the highlights or whatever from – they're like, wow, that's a, per- like, that's a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like like you said, it was his his mannerisms and his because there's not a whole lot you can do as far as acting in a Godzilla suit. But like I was going to say, there's a really cool picture that that goes around about this time every year of the three main actors mm-hmm. who have portrayed Godzilla in a suit, and they're they're taking on their Godzilla stance in the picture and you can see how they're all similar enough to be godzilla but they all put their own spin on it but it's them outside of their suits walking down the road in their different postures and it's just a cool picture godzilla has appeared in over 30 films oh yeah both japanese and american productions godzilla's roar is a trademark sound effect so i guess you can't just Use that for no. for any kind of like the swoosh. It's if you have that exact roar, it's locked in a box somewhere, and you have to pay for it. Or you and get Japan fined. is particularly persnickety when it comes to trademark. They they don't like anybody using anything they've created. So, do you remember Godzilla versus King Kong? Did oh yeah. You have, did you have a pro or a con? Uh, I mean, or I've always been a little bit more partial to Godzilla than King Kong, but I think that comes back to the first Godzilla movie I ever saw was entertaining and exciting and the first king kong movie i ever saw was kind of slow and boring godzilla has been betrayed as a hero and a villain oh yeah because in the first one he was attacking japan and just knocking down buildings and power lines and starting fires and just all kind of bad stuff and then as the story moved along and they made more and more movies Come to find out he's the king of the monsters, and the other monsters are trying to cause a problem, so he has to put them in their place. I feel like other films have sort of taken that and used it. Like even oh, yeah. if you think like Jurassic Park, maybe not the original, but especially in like some of the later ones where T-Rex is like a villain, but then also becomes like a little bit of a hero. Same, you know, they kind of have their moments of like, I know like there's a little bit of a code out there, like when to be, when to be bad and eat you, but versus like, well, that's not fair. Let me like even the playing field for you. And then I'm going to go back and, you know, sort of eat you on my timetable kind of thing. Yeah, Even while being a good guy, Godzilla does tend to make a big mess and a lot of havoc. Godzilla's name is a combination of gorilla and whale. So the English word gorilla and then the Japanese word for whale, which is something I can't pronounce, is where the Zilla comes 
just being honest, not even going to try it. Um, and the unique name re- reflects the monster's appearance and nature as a beast Kujira. from the sea. Good. Good for you. Good for uh, good for you. And Godzilla has become a cultural icon. Man, it's been around for seven Seven decades. I mean, that's something. I think there's even a new one coming out sometime early next year. I would say for the most part, everyone in your family, like everyone who's probably still alive on your family tree at this point has maybe never seen the movie, but at least has heard the word Godzilla. Like nobody's really, you know. I don't think many people, myself included, have seen the original movie in its entirety. I've seen clips from it. Mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think I've ever seen the original 1954 in Godzilla in black and white in its entirety. But I've seen Godzilla fighting Mecha Godzilla and Mothra and oh man, was it? What's the the three headed one? Somebody will tell me on the text line. But there's there's just so many cheesy monster movies from from that era. And every once in a while, they would just come on TV, and you're like, oh, look, Godzilla. Did Godzilla ever have a love interest? I don't remember him having a love interest, but I... Because King Kong had, had to have would, He would have had to, because he had... There was Baby Godzilla. There was even a cartoon with Baby Godzilla. Oh, is that like the Baby Yoda? It just kind doesn't of. hit the same. <laughs> he wasn't nearly as cutesy as uh, Baby Yoda. Fun fact, they used a baby elephant's cry to make the T-Rex roar. Aw, and the first... Jurassic Park. That's kind of interesting. You wonder where they get those sounds for. You always still wonder, too. Like, how do they know? Like, I mean, Godzilla is a made-up creature. You probably can create the sound. But, like, how do we know T-Rex actually sounds like that? Like that. But, but. but I mean, there's a little bit of science built into it because, and the science says that dinosaurs more than likely sounded kind of like big birds where it was similar to, to tweeting more than roaring. Oh, what if T-Rex really sounded like Tweety Bird? No wonder he was so angry. Well, there's a whole <laughs> section of archaeology that is insistent that dinosaurs had feathers. Oh, man. So could you imagine a 30-foot tall parrot tweeting at you while chasing you with <laughs> Rambo knife Sounds like you ate the shrooms out of the dung you weren't supposed to. <laughs> Perfect conversation to lead in Facts Friday here on Good Things. So we got Tanya coming up next to talk movies. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. not godzilla although this is birthday today happy birthday i don't know i'm, I'm for a loop on this one rhino 
This is the current box office champion, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, no wonder I didn't know. No, thank you. And it's a big box office winner. And it's a scary one, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's streaming. It's so amazing. People, you can't figure, I can't figure out the box I, office anymore. Well, I would be more likely to watch, have watched Top Gun streaming at home before going to see it if I had the option versus a scary movie. I feel like a scary movie is just not as scary if you're not in, if I, you like scary movies. Right. You want to be in the whole thing. Yeah. Like you want to be there for the whole thing. There's some that are definitely meant for, for to see with the other people. people. Yeah. Yes. Like it would be really terrible to watch that at home by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, if that happened to me yeah. and I often am the only person in a theater because I go at such odd times. But if that ever happened, I would get up and walk out. I could not handle that by myself. So it's it's doing well, huh? People like to be frightened. Yeah. So, you know, they're saying their target audience was teenage boys. And apparently they all showed up and brought a couple of friends. So I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, what's going on this weekend? Well, the big new release this weekend in my world is Priscilla. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't realize until I, I did get to see this one yesterday um, it, that it's based on. I knew that Priscilla Presley is very involved and I think she's an, a producer. Um, but I did not realize that this movie is based on her book, Elvis and Me, that was written in 1985. Um now, you're probably way too young, but when I was a kid, a big, I mean, it was like the Oscars. I mean, it was like a much hyped event, television event, when they did a TV movie based on that book. I think it was released late 80s, maybe. And, I mean, everybody watched it because that's back in the day where you had three TV stations to watch, mm-hmm. you know. So I remember that. So this is just kind of a, a new telling of that same story. And it's, you know, 100% Priscilla's story. And we follow her as that teenager who's stationed with her family in Germany. Um, and she's lonely. Elvis is there. They meet. And, of course, the rest is history. But, um, you know, looking at it now as a grown-up, it's like we all know that she was 14 when they met, but I don't think I really realized until I saw this movie that he was 24. That is weird. I mean, it, you know. And the other thing is, you don't think of Elvis without her, and you don't think of Priscilla without Elvis. And it's like they really weren't together that long in the grand scheme of things, you know. It's, it's just crazy. But the uh, standout of this movie is... The actress that plays Priscilla, she has already won some um, international film awards for Best Actress. Um, but um, her name is Kaylee Spaney, I believe is how you say her last name. She grew up in Tennessee, so she's got a great little southern accent. Mm-hmm. You know, Priscilla is originally from Texas, um, but very well acted. The actor that plays Elvis is super tall, um, Jacob <laughs> Uh, Elordi, which we know from the kissing mm-hmm. booth. Um, but, you know, you kind of don't think about it. it. I thought it might be distracting because he's like 6'5", which is, is tall. really tall for an actor, especially. Um, but he did a great job as Elvis. And I did see an interview. They are able to promote this movie because it's they've got an agreement in place. It's a smaller independent film. And... Um, he said that he had begun preparing 
for this movie when Elvis came out last week, I mean, last year, and he saw Austin Butler, and he was like, "Uh uh-oh, i got to step it up. (laughs) And so he he worked a little bit harder, but he did a great job. But Elvis is definitely a supporting character in this movie. Um, It is 100% Priscilla's story. and Does it um, line up, though, with Elvis? You know, it does. Like, the timeline does. Like, if you load them over, it's just sort of like... It goes. It just shows more behind the scenes if you're watching his versus behind the scenes if you're watching her. Right, right. Just they're they're two different viewpoints. And like in Elvis, you see a lot. I mean, the Colonel is as big of a part of that movie as Elvis is. And this one, Colonel's not even on screen. You know, you see a couple of phone calls with him, and his name's mentioned a time or two, but he's not even in it. So this one, it really, most of the movie, I would say ninety. Five percent of it is before they even got married. So, um, you know, it's like you really get to see what life was like for her living in Graceland by herself, really, because, um, you know, he was off. He was always making a movie or touring or whatever. So she was there by herself, bored out of her mind, you know. Ooh. So, yeah, but it was very good, especially if you're an Elvis fan. fan. Go see it. It's just another fun look at, you know, his, another his side world. of it. Yeah, too. yeah. And kudos for her for being able to share her story yeah, before, and, you know. And she's, you know, 100% involved and gave it a thumbs up. You know, it's almost a repeat of what she did with Elvis this time last year. So it's, it's kind of fun to see her get to go through that again, sadly, without Lisa this time. But, um, you know, it, I, I, I will not be surprised at all if we see this one come Oscar nomination day. Um, and then the other big new release this weekend is What Happens Later, which is the new Meg Ryan, a romantic comedy, which, you know, she is very well known for. And we haven't seen her in a long time. And so she's been doing the rounds this week promoting the movie and, she said, you know, I just wanted to take some time and work on the rest of my life. I wanted to develop relationships, other hobbies, other interests. And so that's what she's been doing. Um, this movie is based on a play, and she adapted it. She wrote the screenplay. Um, she was set to direct it. She started casting and... She was getting rejected by her first choice, her second choice. And so she finally said, I'll just do it. So she's, you know, the star. But the interesting thing, interesting thing about this movie is there's only two people. There's only two voices in the whole movie. Actually, there's a third. You hear a PA announcer um, in the airport. But it's these two people that dated in college, broke up, and they are both in this airport during a huge snowstorm, it's supposed to be like one of the worst storms in history, and they're just kind of stranded there together. And it gives them time to talk out what happened and try to grow and learn from from their past. That's so, that's a big ass of two. I mean, yeah, no other. I know a lot of a lot of dialogue, and then of course David Duchovny plays her love interest slash ex. Um, and, you know, he's another one of those actors that he's like super smart and he can do anything. So um, I, I have not seen the movie yet, um, but just the clips I've seen looks good. They just look like they have such chemistry. So I'm excited to see it. 
Is there anything else coming um, out? There's one more called The Marsh King's Daughter, and this is supposed to be wide release this weekend, but it's not on very many screens. So uh, it may be next weekend that we'll see it uh, a little wider. But this is a rated R one, and it stars Daisy Ridley. And it's a kind of a gritty kind of movie. It's a, a thriller. Um, she's got a, she plays a woman that's got this past, um, where she was basically held captive in the wilderness, she and her mother, um, by her father. And so she has to go back and kind of, this father has been in prison. He's being released. And so she's got to kind of go back and deal with all of that. I would say there's a little few loose ends yeah. to tie up. <laughs> but yeah, it, um, you know, it's, it's one of those that sounds like it's going to be, um, you know, kind of suspenseful, mm-hmm. um, and kind you're of edge that. of your seat kind of movie. So, and Daisy Ridley, she's such a great actress. So if you're a fan of hers, I would say definitely check it out. Bubba from Meridian wants to know if you've heard anything about Boys in the Boat. Yes. Um, George Clooney directed it and it's coming out, I believe in December. That may be a Christmas day movie. Um, but it looks phenomenal. Um, I think it's going to be really good. And my favorite is I saw some behind the scenes pictures and you've got all these guys dressed in their, I think it takes place during one World War something, something. <laughs> and, the, and so they've got all that garb on. One of them. And, um, George Clooney's there with his, you know, Starbucks coffee. <laughs> so it's kind of a funny thing to, to see. But yes, I feel like that's another one that we're going to, so the holidays, we've kind of got some good ones. Yeah, we're kind of getting to the up. point now where we're going to have something good every weekend, you know, a big a movie every weekend. Do you so. think the Meg Ryan one will end up being um, streamed? I think it will um, probably take a minute. Yeah, I would say in probably a couple of months. Well, I will be watching it before I watch. What's the other one? That's what was it? Five uh, right night Freddy's. Oh yeah, five night at Freddy's. Five, night. <laughs> five nights at Freddy's. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you on that one. All right, Tanya, thank you for your time. You guys stick with this. We got a little bit more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. You can stream us live over at supertalk.fm. If you have downloaded the Supertalk Mississippi app, you can stream us from there, as well as on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. You can also watch us. So you're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And, Rano, when Tanya was bringing up Meg Ryan's latest What Happens Later and talking about her co-star, David, how do you say last name? 
the one from X. All I thought of was X Files because isn't oh Duchovny? Yes. So and then I thought the last time I've heard his name, which I'm sure the man has other work besides the X Files, but my mind goes straight to that era. When when where where did it come on? What did we watch? Why were we watching X Files? What did it come on? Was it? I mean, it was a pretty big deal. It I remember. One of my first introductions to X-Files was actually a crossover episode with cops because the the time slot started mm-hmm. and the cops intro, like the theme song, the Bad Boys, Bad Boys song starts playing and they they have the whole shoulder mounted camera following behind police officers into a building, except it was like supernatural stuff going on in the in the building. I'm going, wait a second, what in the world? And then through the door. In walks the agents from the X-Files, and it's like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool, having two different shows that aren't really all that connected all of a sudden in one place. So it came out in 93, per Google, and until 2018. So it doesn't tell you where There's you, a big gap in the middle there, though. There was, and it was about the two FBI agents, Fox, was it Mulder, Mulder? Yeah. And then the Dana Scully. Dana Scully. Dana Scully. And they were the skeptic to investigate the strange and unexplained. That was also one you watched, and you wondered, why am I subjecting myself to something that's going to keep me wide awake throughout the night but they had and i remember their aliens had like those long weird fingers that you never really saw like the whole i don't know again in my nightmares but you can hear the music you can see like the intro and then you you realize how much better some of it got over the years when they when it sort of came back is that one that you would revisit if they brought it, if they were to bring Could they bring they it back? They did bring it back. That's the thing. They did. That's, that's why it says it goes to 2018 because it ended, if I'm not mistaken, late 90s, oh, you early 2000s. you can still 2000s. watch it on Prime. You can, you can stream it on Prime Video. Oh, yeah. But then they brought it back for, I want to say, a season or two, and it just it didn't quite have the same pizzazz. No, I and that's true. I mean, when and did they have the same people? Was it the, the two oh, yeah. same people? Well, that feels a little like they were tired. Maybe they should have tried it with. But could you try it with something? Could could they be replaced? I don't know. I don't think so. Because if I'm not mistaken, there were a couple spinoffs that never really went anywhere. It was it was really down to the chemistry between those two. Because if if you remember, you had Mulder and Scully, and one was bought in. They they wanted to believe that aliens were real and all these other supernatural things were going on, and the other. Was highly skeptical, very logical. Like, there's got to be an explanation for this. It's not aliens. And that back and forth between the two is what kept it interesting. I just, whenever I see his, I can't, he's one that is so, in my mind, connected with that specific role. It would be hard. I'm a, if I see the movie, I will be like, oh, there's Mulder, like, there with Meg Ryan, and they're kissing. Probably at the he end did a... A raunchy comedy called Evolution, and it's not really that raunchy, but it it is definitely comedy from that era of the the early to mid two thousands where his character is pretty funny. He he got to show off a little bit of his comedic chops. We'll give him a chance. It also had Stifler. It had the Make Seven Up Yours guy in it. It, it had a lot of people that you would recognize. And some of them before they were big, some of them in the middle of it. And I want to say even Dan Aykroyd showed up in it as like the governor or something. So it it was kind of a star-studded cast, but hilarious movie. 
things that just pop in your brain when you think about it. You wonder what the X-Files would have thought of Godzilla and some of the things thinking back to the fact that it's, I guess, it's his. It's a he. Godzilla's a he? Uh, as far as I know. <laughs> That's like <laughs> asking is Piglet, what is Piglet, girl or boy? Ask your kids that and just see what they say. One will have completely different. Look, I, look, don't come at me with all the things. But it's never it's never implied in either real direction. I mean, the only evidence I can think of is actually that Godzilla might be Lady Godzilla because that was part of the plot of the American Godzilla movie starring Matthew Broderick because they went into, was it Madison Square Gardens where there was a whole bunch of Godzilla eggs? You know what? It's a good time for the music to come out. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, you guys stick with us. You got more coming up next with the boys. Uh, Their location in Starkville, I do believe, today for Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.